On today's episode of the Alabama Sportsman's Podcast, uh, Landon and I talked with Wayne Edgeworth, who has killed the third largest buck ever, eight-pointer ever taken in Alabama, and the largest eight-pointer killed in, since the early 90s, and he killed it in Marengo County, Alabama. He's got a great story. Listen up. I seen your buck on that on social media. Uh, one of your buddies or somebody you know posted it, and uh, man, when I seen it, I just couldn't believe how big it was. Uh, and we know you just had it scored. And could you tell us before we get into your story? Just tell us what the buck's how many points he had, and what did he score? He's a mainframe eight. He has one tiny small kicker, uh, one inch, a little over out of one and three eighths kicker. Uh, I can tell you that, uh, you know, I've had him on deer camera, uh, since, um, he's three and a half years old. He's seven and a half years old. He's probably, he's just the most beautiful is, uh, mainframe eight with not a lot of trash on it. Slick, pretty eight point, weigh 234 pounds on certified scales. And, uh, he's just a super nice deer. Yeah, we're sitting here. We got him actually pulled up right now, some of the photos that you sent us. But, uh, I mean, it is, it's, it's amazing. How long was his main beams? His main beams were one, I got my sheet here. His main beams, uh, left side main beam was 27 and 7 eighths. His right-hand side is 28. Good. And what they tell me, they've only scored two deer ever that's been over that length. Oh so the God. deer has, it's just unbelievable. That the, uh, but the pictures and the videos you see mm-hmm. do not do the deer justice. They never I do. Yeah, they never do. Well, uh, who actually scored him for you? Uh, Robbie Smith for uh, the Alabama Whitetail Records down in Thomaston, Alabama. Right. My farm is about five miles west of Thomaston. A little bit on the video was he was a little confused on the east and the west, but my place is about five miles west of Thomaston in a little town called Hugo. Okay. It's two hundred and ten acres. I bought it I bought it in two thousand and two, old hard working man, wrecked up enough money to buy it and hunted the hunting club next to it and had this opportunity to buy this property next to it. And I've managed it for trophy deer since night since two thousand and two. Two thousand two. Well, uh, tell everybody out there, you know, just a little bit about yourself. What did you do for a living? Or are you retired or are you still working? I'm retired. I retired <laughs> at 55. I worked in Birmingham in a chemical plant. We made coatings for interior food and beverage cans, Pepsi-Cola, Coca-Cola, Budweiser, any of the aluminum cans. Right. And uh, the food cans, uh, Del Monte, Harmel, uh, Campbell's Soup. I was the facility-slash-maintenance manager plant engineer i had several titles over my career right but uh drove back and forth from clanton alabama to birmingham for 18 years i retired when i was 55 years old that's I awesome to try to nice. enjoy 10 or 15 years of my life it looks like you are 
Uh, so, so the the property, the two hundred and ten acres that you bought, so that that's not where you live. No, sir. I live in Clanton, Alabama. This is in Hugo, Alabama. It's uh, right around Linden, Alabama, five miles east of Linden, Alabama. How, um, for those you know not familiar with the area, how long does it take you to get there from your house driving? It's about an hour and forty five minute drive. Yeah, that's about like us from where we're at to our hunt club. We have a hunt club not far from you down in Bibb County, so. Uh, it, it takes us about that, about that long to get there, right, Landon? Yep, from yeah. Uh, Aniston. Yeah, you know, roundabout. But um, so uh, back to the guy who scored it. Was it Alabama? Who who uh, who was the guy scoring it for? Uh, their official score is Robbie Smith. Okay, uh, who who was he doing it for? What Alabama Whitetail Records Museum? It's just called Alabama Whitetail Records. Okay. They've been in existence, I don't know, for how many years. They built a new, uh, took an old facility there in Thomaston, a brick building, and converted it to a museum. And they've got a lot, a lot of trophy deer in there. Mm-hmm. And as they score them each year, they take them and uh, keep them for a year. And then uh, the, kill, the people that kill the deer come back and get them and keep them from there on out. But they like to keep them for a year. Uh, you know, um, so they can kind of display it. Right. All right. So, uh, so you keep saying a video. I guess they done a. Uh, uh, I know you're not on social media. And a lot of people know that, but uh, uh, the uh, the the what's his name? Uh, what do you say? He's Robbie Robbie Smith. Robbie Smith. Okay. Is the official score. Okay. So I'm sure. Harold Smith is actually one that is, I guess, the owner. Okay. Technically, director or whatever of the Whitetail Records. All right. He, uh, he, he, he. I guess you call it streamed it live on uh, uh, Facebook. Okay. You yes, have to go I... to their Facebook to see it. They streamed it live on their their Facebook, so uh, people started hitting it as soon as they started uh, videoing it. It's a twenty-one minute video. Um, he shows shows him how he's measuring it and the, all the techniques and the, uh, doing official measurements and uh, and having there were several people gathered around and they were uh, you know discussing where he's going to score 140 he's going to score 150 and, and all that kind of stuff you know and nobody ever dreamed the deer was going to score 175 and I ate <laughs> and uh, but the tape measure didn't lie you know oh, there's yeah. still yep. some naysayers out there that think the uh the deer was rigged and all that kind of stuff, but it's on video. I, I, I presume y'all have seen it, right? Oh no, I hadn't seen the video, and that's what I was going to ask you about. Uh, you know, that's what I was trying yeah, to lead up to. You can go to you can go to Alabama Whitetails Records and uh, pull it up, and then go to um, down to their Facebook page and hit videos. And mine is the first video. It's a twenty-one minute video. You'll get a kick out of it. You got me in my original hunting clothes. Like, I took my boots off, and, <laughs> but I had, you know, but I was, uh, it's, a, it's a neat video, listening to everybody still around. I mean, you will get a kick out of it. It's oh, a little yeah. bit long, but, you know, it, it really paints a picture. They like this one, so because I had it on my tailgate of my truck, I had the whole deer. Right. And instead of them bringing them on out of a freezer and, and scoring it there inside the museum, this one's old-timey, like, just out on the tailgate. Here he is. Yeah, nice. that's that's awesome. Um, all right, now now we got a little bit of that out of the way. So, go ahead and start start. You know, four and a half years ago, you said you started getting this deer 
when he was three and a half years old. So let's let's start your story off. I I and uh, tell us about this buck. Well, I, I I'll just start this thing out like I told you. I I I, I manage for trophy deer, right. and I don't shoot deer on the property unless he's mountable, and he's got our curl bucks. And um, I seen this deer's daddy, and I I was hunting him for two or three years, and this deer's daddy was killed by one of my best friends that I was upset. He killed my big deer that I've been hunting. Did you so, let, did uh, you invite him there to hunt? Yeah, okay. I invited him there to hunt, and then he killed a big deer, and then he killed this <laughs> golly whopper that I um, had been trying to save for myself, and he killed it. But we, we call guys my like deer, that lucky. My deer was two years old when his granddaddy was killed, or his daddy was killed. Got it. And uh, I picked him up on camera, and uh, he was a nice deer. I got photos of him. He was a nice, typical eight-point, and uh, his frame wasn't very much. And then on the fifth year, and it was in, it's in this video if you watch it, he he gained a uh, a little crab claw on one side. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the next following year, the crab claw went away, and he was the best main, a main, a main typical buck you could ever see. Right. And it just exploded from that point mm. and uh his tine length his mass is deceiving when you look at him because his tine lengths are so long and his main beams are so long he doesn't look as big as he scores and it's just it's just deceiving that's why nobody thought he was going to score more than 140 150 right. we were all blown away at 175 and right eight. but the deer i've had history i killed him at seven and a half years old and I'll tell you a little bit of testimony about it. You know, I'm 65 years old, and, and I've killed a lot of deer. In fact, I've killed 21 mountable deer off the property. Wow. And, and, and I love the place. I cherished it, you know. And I'm 65, and, you know, I'm getting on the end where, am I ever going to kill a Boone and Crockett? That's a childhood wish and dream is to kill a Boone and Crockett deer. You all, all you hear is Boone and Crockett. And, and, I, and I love the Lord, and I'm a Christian, and uh, the... Uh, I pray for people that need healing. I pray for people that go through catastrophes and everything. But That's I never true. asked anything for myself. And I was sitting in that shooting house in November this year, and I got the deer on camera, and I said, please, good Lord, Lord, please let me kill this deer. <laughs> I said, you know, when I get the, the pearly gates of heaven, I want to be there and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can say that from earth every day, but I want to say thank you per- from, from the pearly gates. Right. You know what he did? He not only let me kill this deer, he's created this deer to the magnitude of the score of it that he's given me a platform that, that I can share his ministry. That's right. That's, and that's it. my testimony. That's right. And uh, That's right. I don't know more to say about him than he's seven years old. He weighed 234 pounds, and he's been a dream of my life, and he, 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 he's, he's changed my life, really. Right. Well, did uh, starting into this year, you know, you knew he was going to be seven and a half. Uh, did, when did you start getting pictures of him this year? You faded out on me a little bit. Uh, this year, when uh, you know, when you started hunting him, did, were you getting pictures of him all all year long? I mean, when did yep, you start picking yep. him up? I got pictures of him. I'd get pictures of him for clockwork the first of the season. I'd get him every two hours. He was coming to feeders and green fields, and then he'd. Then he'd not show up, and I think, well, somebody's done killed my big deer. Somebody's done killed my big deer. And then he'd pop back up, and he'd be on camera 
another day or two, and then he'd, he'd leave the camera. And then uh, I had him a while back. He was coming at 7 o'clock, and I had him at 7.45, uh, 6.45, and I had him at 6.30, about 30 minutes to 45 minutes after dark. Right. And I said, I'm getting close. He's getting close. Maybe I can get him. And then he, then he disappeared again. And I didn't have him on camera again until I killed him at last, this past Friday morning, January the 7th. So when Never d- seen the deer in daylight hours. Never the whole history of this deer. He's all been on camcorders, and it's all been in the dark. He is a completely nocturnal deer. He would have never probably been killed if I hadn't killed him that 10 or 15 minutes after daylight. Wow. But he, still, he probably got rolled by a car and died of old age. Did anybody else around there, were they getting pictures of him? Well, you you know, you got all these people that are kind of jealous. They say, yeah, man, that's my deer. You killed my deer. Well, you then you go to find out they ain't even got this deer on camera. Right. So I, from best of my knowledge, from my people that knows these people, said nobody's had him on camera, or he'd have been a talk of the talk of the town. Yeah, my granddad always said that it ain't your deer until you stick your hands on him. That's it. Right. So you're absolutely right. That's right. So. um from from last year, you said he was a real good buck at six years old. How big would you think he was last year, score wise? He was probably last year. He was probably one sixty. He probably grew ten or fifteen years. ten or fifteen inches. Uh, inches, yeah. Wow. And uh, were you feeding him any kind of supplements, or I, I know you? No, know, sir. No, sir. I, you know, I'm a. Even though you could put it out of sight. You know, in the woods and everything. Uh, I've never done any supplemental feeding. I've never done any corn feeding or any of that like that. Now, what I did, they changed the baiting law this year. Right. And uh, I bought nine of these buck boss feeders, 350 pounds. Right. And, uh, you, you know, they, the story is they say buck, big bucks don't come to feeders. Mm-hmm. I've got numerous pictures of him sticking in some nose up in them old cross things, those <laughs> Yeah. Wow, getting that corn. Right. But it was yeah. all in nighttime pictures. You right. know? But that's the only year that I've, only time he's ever been fed by a human by me. Now, I don't know about somebody around me, is I fed him some corn this year and a lot of it. Right. He now, put a work on, hard work on my pocketbook. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, when you said that he'd, he'd come on your camera one time and then he disappeared all the way up to right there when you killed him, what was the time frame right there? Let's see, uh, I killed him January 7th. I probably hadn't seen him in 10 days. Hmm. Was he, when you seen him, was he chasing does or showing? He was, he was following a doe. I wouldn't call, he was chasing, but, you know, there's people different, got different opinions of it. He's locked down with a doe and he's with her and all that. He wouldn't want, well, I've killed a lot of them down there where the doe was running and the buck's behind it about two seconds or, or two minutes, you know. But he was just following the doe. He was just right behind her. Right. Uh, he stopped the middle of the corner of the green field, and then he popped out. And then that's when my heart started pop- jumping out of my chest. Right. What were, what were you hunting in? Uh, pine thicket, cut over? What were you hunting in? I, I was hunting. I had just cut all my pine timber on my place. Uh, this past summer, and I thought, well, this is going to be one of my worst years I've ever had hunting <laughs> on it because uh, I've kind of somewhat clear-cut it. I wouldn't let the cutter man, I stayed there every day that uh, cutter, they were cutting timber. I, I seen every load of log that went out of the place. I loved it so much. But I didn't let the cutter man cut every little bush and twist.
you know, it's still right. got growth in it. Right. But I clear cut the pine, and my green field, he was coming coming uh, off my neighbor's property in the hardwoods. He come out of those hardwoods and cut a corner and was going into my cutover. Oh, do you think he was bedding in your cutover? He was probably bedding in my cutover before I cut the timber, and he probably moved over to my neighbor's uh, property. Uh, and, and had a, he had a, just he probably increased his home range a little bit. Right. So, uh, is your property? Is it? You keep saying a neighbor. Is it? But some more private property, or are you on a uh, surrounded by a hunting club? All the property around me is all privately owned land. There's a hunting club to the north of me, and there's a hunting club to the south of me. And the property west of me is a private landowner that I used to hunt on a hunting club. And the hunting club no longer exists. And there's about 1,200 acres over there. And the landowner does not allow any hunting. So wow. I got a pretty good situation here. Yeah, sounds like you do. And, and the hunters that hunt on my my north and south, my north people, they they're, they they pretty trophy hunters. In the south, they just don't do a lot of hunting. They right. just kind of fill around. They right. kill my does. I don't shoot a lot of does. Right. And I let all the surrounding people kill all the does, and my does are not pressured up. Oh, that's good. Uh, so, you, and you're you killed him in Marengo County. That's where you hunt at. And, yes, uh, sir, Marengo County. So, what what would you say the rut, the peak of the rut, is down down in Marengo? Of all, you know, I've killed twenty something mountable deer, and, and I've killed a lot of culls, and you know, a couple of boo boo bucks. You know, where yeah. you kill one, you did you thought it was bigger than what it was, that kind of thing. Oh yeah. My rut down there is around January the tenth to January the thirtieth. You right. can you can look at the name tags on all my deer that's mounted and my friends have got mounted. The hottest part of the month is from like the fifteenth to the twentieth. Those five days in there, right in there, are yeah. the hottest days. But it starts about the tenth and it goes really to the end of the month. That's right. Now his this one's daddy was killed February the sixth at three thirty. It's seventy two degrees in the middle of a greenfield, so. Some of that, there's a kind of a trickle rut down there. It goes, it, it really goes into February because there, there's so many does. There's just too many does. Right. I'm not going to thin mine out. I'm going to let mine live. Yeah. You know, there's so many people that say, there's so many people that say that uh, way far south Alabama, uh, you know, they do have a February rut. Would you say their February rut is, like I, I hunt up here, the furthest I go, now years ago we used to hunt in Barber County, but we don't anymore, but would you say that a February, there is a primary February rut, or would you say it's just like you said, a trickle rut, it runs into February from January? What In my area, and you can look on the state people, like our rut, they, you know, they got this map they set out this year mm-hmm. showing it around the uh, 15th is the prime uh, I think you're catching the second esters on the does in February. Right. Because there's so many of them, they all don't get bred the first cycle in January. Okay. And then you're catching the second ones in February. I mean, the first ones in January, and then you're catching some second ones around the 10th of February. And that's why you're getting that prime rut from the 10th of January to the 10th of February. You get a few stragglers in the end. Of, you do probably get some March. I see some small does. I mean, small yearlings, I mean, mm-hmm. not yearlings, but fawns right. that were pretty small when season starts, so they were probably bred in, in March. Right. Yeah, I mean, occasionally people turkey hunting. I have, too. I've seen it, too. You know, they'll see a buck chasing a doe. 
you know, in turkey season. So, uh, well, I know that can't be all about this buck. I know you got some more. Oh, let me tell, tell you about the buck. Let me tell, tell you about the killing of the buck. Let's, let's hear it. Yeah. Okay, man. Uh, you know, I, I told you that I've always wanted to kill this deer, and the good Lord granted me the switch. And right. I'm sitting there in the shooting house. He comes out in the green field, and uh, I shoot a 300 Weatherby Magnum with a 165 grain boat tail bullet. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that thing totes a walk. Oh, yeah. That bird come out there, and I drop that. I got sandbags. I got shooting houses that are pretty comfortable with office chairs in them and heaters and all this good stuff. Right. He come out there, and I dug out of that sandbag, and I was going from his head to his tail, from his head to his tail down to his back. I couldn't hold that scope still for nothing. <laughs> and I, I jumped back away from the gun and just kind of caught a deep breath and said, Wayne, this is the only time you're ever going to see him in the daylight hours. You better get, kill him and get, calm down. So I calmed down a little bit, and I put the crosshairs in on him, and I didn't even try to hold it on him. I just got it on him, and I pulled the trigger. Mm. And that rascal took that 165-grain bullet like a man. He didn't <laughs> like it. wasn't even hit. He just walked across the field. Dang. And I'm thinking, I didn't even hit him. He got to the edge of the field right there, and he was going to go step over in my cutover, and I seen him trembling. He was fixing to fall dead. Yeah. But I bolted another bullet, put him in there, and I piled him up right there. That second one dropped him? That dropped him like a rock. How far away was he when the first shot? That first shot, he was about 160, 170 yards. Golly, he should have crippled him right but there. But I yep. still didn't believe he was dead till I got down there and seen him laying on the ground. Well, when you seen him laying on the ground, what did you do? Oh. Did you scream? I got on the phone, and I called my wife. <laughs> she was at the house. Yeah. And I called my wife. She wouldn't. She didn't turn the phone on. She she uh still in the bed. Yeah. So I called one of my best buddies around that area that hunt. We hunt kind of. We kind of. He owns a little bit of land, and I called him first thing. He didn't hunt that morning, and he thought I was having a heart attack. I was screaming <laughs> so hard. Yeah. I was hollering. I killed the golly whopper. I killed the big humongous eight point. He said, "Man, you all right?" I said, "Yeah, man, I'm all right. I'm just happy, man. I said, I'm just happy." I said, yeah, this has been a dream, buddy. Yeah, sweet. And uh, I took him up there, and uh, when we got him loaded up, when I got him loaded, I got one of these little apparatuses on the back of my four-wheeler. It's got a little winch on it that yep. you can let it down and pull it. I, he was he run out of that cutover about 20 yards, and I drag him about two foot and go go blow for about 15 minutes. I drag him <laughs> up two or three foot, and I'd blow some more. Yeah. I finally got him close enough to that platform, and I winched him up on there, and it spins. It's a square tubing down over the receiver hitch. It's round, uh-huh. and it just spins right over in the buggy, and I let him down. I couldn't have got him. When you hunt, when you hunt by yourself most of the time, you're 65, you got to have apparatuses to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my dad. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. What they make those babies it, for. It's been a dream come true, and it's, you know, I about two days i i was just i was just overwhelmed with adrenaline and happiness you know and and about the second day sunday at church it kind of set in on me i didn't deserve this deer you know this deer i i I just humbled myself you know it's just like it's like yeah it's just unbelievable you know i mean is this happened to me you know this old boy didn't ever dream of killing a boot and crockett you know right yeah i mean this this is this is Next to being, next to getting saved and getting married, this is the third thing that's ever happened to me. That's the happiest thing in my life. That's Sweet. awesome, and I, I can hear the excitement in your voice. Oh, I know yeah. you're truly excited. 
Well, uh, I talked to you yesterday, and you said you were going by the taxidermist to get your antlers to show them to some people. I got them now. I've been kind of riding them around today showing them to people. What, what's everybody's reaction? It's overwhelming. Wow. It's, the, it's just overwhelming. Really, it is. It, it's hard to believe that a, a buck in Alabama can grow that big, right? And it's just the mainframe aid. You well, know, you see these with these kickers and, and, and you know, and drop tines and and you see all this trash in This is a clean eight point. I know it. I was got one little sticker on him. I was talking. It's clean. I was talking to one of my buddies uh, earlier today. He he can't wait to hear the podcast about it. And uh, I was telling him about it and how clean it was. And I seen him a picture of it, and he said, you know, uh, he, he made a valid point, a very valid point. You cannot go to a high fence and pay to kill a deer like that because they can't grow them like that. You know, they, nope. they, they try to grow them as clean and as, you know, as big as an eight-pointer they can get, and they can't grow them like that yet. And I mean, this is, this is me talking now from, you know, knowing what I do know a few years back, but – Right, I mean, they may have them now, but I mean, most people want to kill a deer like it. They'll pay ten, twenty thousand dollars for a deer like it. Oh yeah, and and that right there come from eating briars, briars and dang green fields, you know. Yeah, yep. yep. Acres, green fields, honeysuckles, you know, sweet gum leaves, and this kind of stuff. Right. You know? So let me ask you this: All right, you got his picture three, three and a half years ago, or whatever. Were you gunning for him then, or were you saying, you know, I'm gonna let him go? He would have been dead at three and a half. <laughs> how how big would you say he was score wise at three and a half? Probably one thirty, one forty. Dang. That that's that that's our typical scoring there. You know what I mean? Right. If you get a a typical eight point to a hundred and thirty to a hundred and forty, you've accomplished something right there. Oh yeah. yeah. That's right. And when you get him to hundred and seventy five well, that just that, goes that to show you. That is a task almost impossible. You're right. Almost right. impossible. My dad. In the wild. Right. My dad, when I was a kid, we when I told you earlier, we used to hunt down in Barber and stuff. When I was a kid, we used to hunt mansion there, all public land. Well, you know, it got got overwhelmed by hunters back then, so we decided we was going to get in a club. So we got in a hunting club in Lee County down in Opelika. And while we were, while we were down there, my dad's a beast of a hunter. I mean, he... You know he's he's lost uh, many of friends and many of wives <laughs> from hunting, but uh, uh, that son gun he loves to hunt. And so, well, anyway, we were down there. He killed a he killed a mainframe eight. I mean, he had no stickers or anything, and it was you know like hundred. I think it was one hundred forty five inches. This was back in the eighties, and um, I thought that was the biggest deer I ever seen in my life. You know, I thought it was just Godzilla of a buck, especially eight pointer. And then a few years back, he ended up going to Kansas and killing one up there. It was 162. And I tell you what, you know, you had, you know, you had 15, 16 extra points like you got onto it. I could only imagine in person what your buck looks like. Do you know the stats on this deer? No, I do not. Okay, let me give you the stats on this deer. The stats on this deer... He is the number one buck in Marengo County in the eight-point category, non-typical. Wow. In Marengo County. Number one in the life of the history of this buck. Wow. Okay? All right? He is third in the state on non-typical category, eight points. Third in the state. He is the 
last deer that was killed was killed in Greene County in 1993. In 27 years, this is the biggest buck, the typical eight that's been killed. He is the number one buck in Alabama in the state far as clean. You know, clean, right. no stuck trash on it. You just want to score a clean buck, he's number one in the state. He is the sixth largest in all typical categories. I mean, categories are typical are like six, eight, six, eight points, ten points, twelve points. Right. That's typical of four on one side, six on one side, eight on one side. They're typical points. Right. He is six in the state in all those categories. As an eight point, as wow. an eight point, he beats the ten point category, the twelve point category in the state of Alabama. Wow. And he's had. I've had, they tell me, now I don't know all about his social media stuff, but he's going to probably be the most viewed deer ever on so, social media. It's over a million views of this deer. Dang. Sweet. And we're sitting here talking to him. We're sitting here talking to a celebrity, Landon. Yeah, man. <laughs> Name's going in the record book, ain't it? Yeah. Man, that's awesome. So what would you? Yeah, it, so it, it, it's just an unbelievable thing for me. This is not just an ordinary deer. No, that's right. So I asked you earlier about you know the first year you got his picture in, at three and a half. So what happened? What what was the reason? Did you ever see him while you were hunting earlier? You know, in those years. Let me tell you. Right. I told you earlier. He's never been seen in the daylight. Even as a young younger buck. As a younger buck, this I might have seen him when he was two year old or one year old when he wasn't shootable. Right. In my book. Right. But but after he got three half years old, the deer never showed up in the daytime. Never till Friday morning around six thirty five. Four years, sweet. Four years, and he said, "Here I am." Mm. He's never been in the daylight hours. He'd have been dead. Well, he got because he was a nocturnal deer. He got to seven and a half years old. He just stayed out too early that night. So that was yeah. That <laughs> girlfriend got him. <laughs> That's what usually gets him. And you know, I was talking. We was talking earlier, me and Landon, and um, I, I think you know you're you saying your deer's seven years old. And we've talked to a couple other guys this year, a few other guys that you know have you know high caliber, world class, you know scoring bucks, and. Every one of them say their deer is six, seven years old. And I think in Alabama, if you just got a wild deer, you know, not in a high fence and you're not supplemental feeding far as, you know, like record rack or anything like that, just growing on acorns and browse and whatever, seven years old is a magic number for those big monster bucks. That's the pinnacle. If you yeah, can, I, would, I would agree with that. But see, most of them that, that come out in the daylight get killed, so they don't never get to seven and a half. You're right. You're right. You know, and, and, and I'm a trophy hunter. I'll be honest with you, I'm a trophy hunter. But I'd have killed this deer a long time ago. But but he stayed nocturnal. Right. And he made a mistake. That's the only reason this deer is as big as he is. But it goes to show you, if you got the right kind of property and you manage it correctly, and it's difficult <laughs> to do this. I'm telling you, it's very difficult to kill cull bucks and not kill trophy bucks. you got to let, if you let these four-and-a-half-year-old deer walk and you got pretty good neighbors, you can kill one of this magnitude. That's right. nobody ever wants to get to this point. Nope. He got to this point because he stayed nocturnal. Right. 
or, or in the future, Wayne, are you going to implement letting them grow past four and a half years old or trying to? Man. Now that you've I've killed this caliber? Than that. Nobody kills a deer on my place unless it's a coal buck. There you go. Nice. He's got to be a coal buck. And I got cam pictures. You can shoot this one. You can shoot this one. You can shoot this one. But you can't shoot. <laughs> you can't shoot an upcoming three-point on a three-year-and-a-half-year-old or four-and-a-half-year-old deer. He might score 130, 140. Right. I might shoot him as a boo-boo buck, but nobody else is going to shoot him. That's right. That's that's what you got to do. It I is. mean, if if you want bucks like this, and I, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure, just like on social media, people's gonna listen to this and say, "Well, you can't eat the horns." Well, it ain't about the horns. It's shoot a, you a doe if you want horns. I want meat. That's oh, right. Yeah. So I mean, Alabama lets you kill as many of them as you want. Just yep. about. I know it. And, and and what what gets me is so many hunters pay so much money to go out of state, and I I'm guilty of it too. And why not? Just let the bucks walk and, you know, let them, let them get another year on them and try to get bucks to this caliber. That way you don't have to drive 12, 14 hours to Kansas yep. and, you know, spend thousands of dollars to try to kill a buck just like this. If everybody in the state was on the same page as Wayne, we'd all kill great caliber bucks but every year. It's, it's, let me tell you something, Jamie. I got enough money to go hunt anywhere I want to go hunt right. and kill any kind of quality deer I want to kill. But you don't know what kind of self-satisfaction is when you got 200 acres and you don't control anything else around it. But you work as hard as you can work, blood, sweat, and equity, bush hog and discing, planting sawtooth oaks, and, and doing everything that, that quality deer management. I've been to every one of those schools. i got my roads just like they tell you how to put them. you got a main road, a subdairy road. If you do everything right, there's a possibility you can kill a, a good deer in Alabama. I just proved it. That's right. I might have argued with you way before Friday, <laughs> but I won't argue with you now because it's a proven That's fact. right. That's right. Well, Landon can testify to this. The satisfaction of knowing you've done this yourself, you just do not know how it makes you feel. Right. Well, see, Landon can attest to this because down at our hunt club in Bibb County, we, uh, we had a buck I had on camera three years ago. And he was a three, he was a three and a half year old deer, and you know he he got away from us. I was hunting, actually hunting another buck, a real big buck, and he got on the other club and got killed. But uh, went back, was getting this this buck's picture at four and he, four years old, and he was real good. So I was gonna let my son kill him. I mean, he was he was a quality buck, and uh, we hunted him all last year. And uh, man, he just he just fooled us. I mean, he just fooled us, just like you know this buck done you. you You'd see him on your cameras, and then, you know, you go in there to hunt, and he wouldn't be there. So my son named him Nemesis. He said, man, this is my nemesis right here. He goes, he just, he's my enemy. <laughs> you know, he goes, I got to get him. Well, season came and went. We didn't get him. Well, uh, it came back around, you know, time to go down there and start planting and all. So we had our cameras out running the cameras again. Well, he shows back up, and he's a, he, I mean, he's even bigger. So we got after him again, and he wouldn't show up. I hate him, man, I tell you. And what I was going to tell you, is on our hunt club we got over two thousand acres and this son of a gun was in the area I was hunting and he was he was a mile away on my buddy's camera and then we had another camera a mile away from that. He was making a two mile radius circle on cameras. And nobody could get a shot at him in daylight. I mean, from bow season all the way I killed him on January the fourth this we had year. Daylight pictures of him all year. All year long. 
And, man, this son of a gun was just smart. He'd sit there and he'd play the wind. If he thought he smelled someone, he wasn't going to come in there. And I changed up my tactics and ended up getting this buck, you know, and he was, he's a five-year-old. And it's just like you said, uh, on the video, I got it on video. On the video, I, you know, of course, I'm going to edit it out because I was, I was pretty happy and I was, you know, yelling and you couldn't really understand things I was saying. But I was on the phone with my dad. And uh, so, anyway, j- just the feeling you get when you, when you set your sights on just one particular buck and he's outsmarting you, outsmarting you, and then all of a sudden you're able to take him. I mean, the feeling you get, man, it just it's just an accomplishment. You could, you could bottle it up. You you can become a billionaire, not a millionaire. You can become a billionaire. You got that right. Yeah, I'll take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same but time, let, let, let me let me say something else. <laughs> All right, here. go ahead. I, I I'm considering myself a trophy hunter, but I don't have anything against people that want to kill six points, four points. I five. don't either. Because I, don't I either. want to keep this hunting tradition going. Yep. And I've got friends that are trophy hunters, and they just get upset because processors are bringing in four points and six points. Listen, folks, we got to keep the sport going. You know, everybody doesn't have the same opinion. It's deer hunting. That's exactly right, Wayne. You know what I mean? We can't take it to where the state wants to take it to trophy hunting. They're almost there, but we're not there completely yet. But we're almost there that they're catering to the people like me that are trophy hunters. But we can't do that because we'll lose the kids of the world because you can't kill deer. You're exactly yep. right. I don't. I don't want. I think three buck limit, and I think the way they got it set up, I think that is great because you know if a man wants to kill a spike, look, he can kill him a spike, and then uh, you know he's got he's got his other bucks that he can kill, or uh, you know I, I can't remember what they are. I usually just focus on one deer a year, but then he's got all these does if he wants to kill you know for meat. But it's like it's like that. I don't care what a man kills if it's in the legal limits of the law. Have at it. But you remember years ago when they went from, uh, they started legalizing crossbows and the bow hunters and the crossbow hunters got to fighting with one another. Right. You know, we shouldn't do that. Nope. It's all about, I mean, we can't take the sport to a point where it, it affects hunting in general. You're right. You're right. And, you know, a friend of mine told me years and years and years ago that he remembered when they came out with compound bows, people who hunted with recurves and long bows were against compound bows because it was giving them the the upper hand. You Tactical know? advantage. Yeah, it was giving them a little bit more edge. And then look now, you know, people was getting mad at crossbow hunters. I don't care. If it's legal, if the state says it's legal, and you want to put out corn and hunt over corn, I don't care. I do not care. If, if Wayne wants to kill nothing but trophy bucks on his property – Good for Wayne. If he can do that, man, I'm I'm for Wayne. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm Wayne's number one fan. Yep. Now, if my neighbor next to me wants to kill spikes and four pointers, you know what? I'm my neighbor's number one fan. Yep. Shoot him, buddy. Because you know, if if that's what if that's within the law, and he wants to do that, and this man's a hunter, and he buys a hunt license every year, and and he's helping our sport, I'm for that guy. I'm yep. for that hunter or woman or kid, whoever it is. I don't care. I know what I want. Landon knows what he wants, and Wayne knows what he wants. But so, everybody else don't have the same opinion. You're right. You're Everybody's right. got an opinion, and I'm not going to criticize somebody else. If I let one walk and my neighbor kills him, you know, all I know, all I can say is 
you know, I did all I could do to let the deer grow, but he didn't make it. Exactly right. Yep. Now, we've had Landon. Landon knows this firsthand down at our hunt club. Uh, there's a club next to us. They're not on the same page as we are. They're trying to get there. They got some members that's holding them back, but um, we've had what four or five deer that we were gonna let go that made it to that club, and their members have killed them. Oh yeah, let them walk, and then they shot them. You yeah, know? they walked right past Landon and a couple of other members, and walked across the line, and you hear them shoot, and they'll bring them up to the skinning post. Yep. But it's a legal deer. It's legal on their on their club. Let them have them. You know. Yep. Man, I would encourage people. You know, mean to to let deer grow, but I'm not gonna beat them up. No. That's exactly right. Well, I mean, you know, even as a kid, you know, you want to shoot whatever walks out, you know, and then eventually you start graduating to, hey, I want to kill a bigger deer, you know, hey, I've killed I've killed five deer like that. Why don't I kill a bigger one, you know? And it's just a graduation process, you know. You get older and stuff, and it you is. just want to shoot better deer. It is. It's like a friend of ours down at down by our hunt club at Sona Gun. He's got a club next to us. Good guy. Another guy in another hunt club. His name's Kelly Smitherman. He says, I'm not as mad at him as I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's like me, you know. Used to, you know, I thought I had to kill one, you know, four or five every year. Now I'm just happy with one. But if I yep. Years ago, years ago, it used to be who could kill the most bucks. Yep. yep. That was a numbers game. And then people graduate into trying to trophy manage or kill a quality deer, you know. That's yeah. right. It's, it, it's a maturity thing, and it's, I call it seasoning. You're a seasoned hunter. Right. You know, some people are not seasoned, and some people will never change. Mm-hmm. Some people want to kill all the deer. And, you know, that's okay, too, you know. Well, the thing is, they can only kill three bucks. Yep. So, yep. I mean, I know you got your outlaws that'll kill more, but, you know, it is what it is there. You know, you can't stop that. No, you'll never stop them. No. That's the... When I went to those seminars that, that Chuck Sykes put on them trying to talk about the, the three-buck limit and all that, and I said, Chuck, you know, us the landowners, man. We got these cull bucks we got to kill, and these guests don't want to kill them and all that kind of stuff. He said, yo, that's just part of it, Wayne. You're going to have to get them guests to kill them. Yeah. You know, but it's got its pros and cons, you know, right. I mean, the three-buck limit. You got somebody that's trying to manage a big piece of property, and take out the cold bucks, well, he'd kill his three-buck limit pretty quick. Yeah, that's right. You know, and then he can't kill a trophy. Or if you kill one with your bow, then you don't limit him one off your rifle, or vice versa and all that. You know, I told Chuck, I said, Chuck, if you'll just keep it to a three-buck limit, I'll support it. Yep. And I won't give you any hassle, and I won't I won't be down in the state, as long as you keep it to a three-buck limit. But if you go to, like, some of these up northern states where they allow you one tag and all that, I said, said, I'm going to build a rebellion against you. Oh, of course. He said he understood. You know, in Alabama, we've got too many deer. I mean, we got, I say too many. We got a lot of deer. I think we're the second, last time I checked, I think we were second in the nation behind Texas in deer population. I think so. I don't think it's changed. So, so, I mean, why would you want to limit, why would you cut cut the population back? I mean, there's enough to get hit by cars already. Yep. So, just, just leave it like this. You know, and you cut it too shy, and then you're and you're you got endangering people on the roads. Not yep. just that, then you you start hurting your you know your deer herd. Your yep. deer herd takes you know. There's not enough food for them to sustain life exactly. and stuff like that. They take the hit. You have to, hunters have to do their part in taking some out of the herd. That's right. So, well, Wayne, if the, is there anything that you can tell that you want to tell people about hunting? You know, when it comes to a buck like this, what kind of advice would you give someone? that's listening to this right now, that's never taken I've never taken a buck this caliber, but anybody else that wants to take a quality buck, 
you know, in the 130s to a 170. What, is there anything that you could tell them? You know, I'm not an expert at this because this is the first gigantic deer I've ever killed. I've killed several 140s, you know. But the main thing I can tell you is if you kill him when he's young, he ain't going to get old. <laughs> <laughs> Wise words. You're not going to get big horns unless you get age. I, I proved this. I mean, this is Hugo, Alabama, down here in the middle of the black belt, you know, there's not a lot of deer being killed at score 175 on, no. on free-ranging deer. But if you can get him to seven and a half, every half you have to do it. If you get a deer that's nocturnal like mine was, he made it to seven and a half, you know. But that's about the only way you're going to get one is let him get to seven and a half. Wise words. Wise words. So are you gonna are you gonna continue to hunt this year, or is your hunt season over? Yeah, I've got a, I've obligated to take some uh, one more friend down there, and, and I'm going back down to my farm this weekend and take the horns and let everybody see it. And yeah. they're gonna take some pictures of the the rack and and me. I actually didn't have a lot of pictures of me. I just had a lot of pictures of the deer. They're gonna take some pictures of the rack and me and the deer with the background of the uh, whitetail. Uh, place down there and uh, they're gonna they're gonna post a, some kind of stream some kind of you know i ain't in all this social media stuff right. because it, it, this is a very rare deer oh yeah right for oh, that yeah. part of the country in the wild and to be a, a mainframe eight point he, he, he he's a he's an awesome deer yeah he is he truly is and we want to congratulate you on your kill bud well i appreciate it you know i really do uh had a lot of people tell me thank you and you got a few of these folks are jealous but that's part of hunting. That's just it the is. way hunting is. Yep, they're they're in every they're in every group. So oh yeah, but uh, we want to thank you for coming on, and I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy their story. And uh, you know, I hope I hope you touch somebody, you know, with your story. Uh, and you know, maybe it'll maybe to make somebody open their eyes. But uh, and, and I and I appreciate y'all giving me an opportunity to to share to share my story. All right, th- thanks for being on here, Wayne. All right, see you, All Wayne. Right, thank you. All right, take care. We just want to thank you again, Wayne, for being on the show, and thanks, everyone, for listening to the Alabama Sportsman Podcast. Now, if you're not following us on uh, social media, go to Facebook. Be sure to like and follow us there. And on YouTube, it's Alabama Sportsman. Make sure you mash that subscribe button. And on Instagram, it's the number one Alabama Sportsman. Be sure you follow us there. 